Psalms chapter 34, beginning in verse 1. This is a psalm of David. I will bless the Lord at all times. The point has to be made and we have to see that when he says at all times, he means all times. I whispered to Casey and Amy just a moment ago when I got up here, uh, I'll exalt thee. I got up this morning singing, I exalt thee. And I looked over at Ruthie in my cracking voice when I got up and I was sitting in my chair. And I was singing the song. I was like, Ruthie, sing it with me. Sing it with me. And she was like, no, I don't want to. She was waking up. My voice was crackling and Casey was drinking her coffee and I was singing, I exalt thee. And we see that we're to praise him at all times, but it's just not about all times. It's just during the day, literally during the day. We're talking about in bad times. In bad times. People get real religious. Let me just say this. People get real religious when things get bad. Do you remember September the 11th? Remember? I did something I'd never done before. When that happened, I was coming home from work. That evening, I stopped in at a random church. People, it was in the, the, the middle of the week and people were, were outside standing around. I stopped in at a random church, sat on the back pew and prayed. Prayed. Because it was bad. Our country was being assaulted. Terrorists that came in and came into our land. And it was a scary time. It was a bad time. Not just bad times like that. Bad times financially. Bad times in health. What did Job say? The Lord gives. And he takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Bad times. Good times. All times we are to praise Him. And you know I never get down here in y'all's business like this. I don't. So y'all just bear with me. I will bless the Lord at all times. Good times. What about good times? We forget Him, don't we, in the good times? Man, it is so easy to forget Him in the good times. As a matter of fact, the Lord warns us over and over in His Word. The children of Israel, He gave us examples. They always seem to forget Him when everything went well. When people flourished. When the oil field goes up. You know what I'm saying? When money is everywhere. When taxes are low. And inflation is low. When it's raining every seven or eight days. And it's perfect. Just perfect for the crops. We forget him. Don't we? But when you go without rain for three months, what happens? Everybody starts looking up. They don't just start looking at their phones for ten days in the future. They start looking up for prayer. They start seeing, God, are you judging us? God, what's going on? And so in the good times, we forget about the Lord. Much to our demise in this very nation. Where it started out with such a blessing which has now become idolatry. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We have lost that. Yes, we have a remnant, and yes, we have those faithful, 
But as a whole, this society and this country has lost that. There's no doubt about that. So it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. When we wake up in the middle of the night, when we go to bed, throughout the day, when we're eating, in the good times when we have plenty, especially then, we're to bless the Lord. It's easy to forget Him. It's easy to forget who feeds us. We think for some reason that we feed ourselves actual food. But if it weren't for the Lord, we would have nothing. Period. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Can we say that about ourselves? Isaiah, not my son, but Isaiah the prophet, said, I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. They're filthy. Our lips, our tongue, do they speak guile? Or do we praise him? Is that in our mouth, coming out of our heart, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks? What is the mouth speaking? You listen to what it speaks, and you can then trace that back to the origin of it, which is the heart. And when you get there, you'll see what kind of condition the heart is in. Pretty quickly. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. His, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Look at verse 3. I love this, I think, more than any of them in this text. It blesses my heart. It says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Don't leave me by myself to magnify the Lord. Don't leave me by myself to sing praises to him by myself. Magnify with me. This is a call for corporate worship. This is a call to come together for all people in the called out assembly to do their best to worship the Lord accordingly and to raise their voices to the Lord. Don't let me do it by myself. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come along with me. You know, what's, what's striking to me is that in the Old Testament, you see in chapter 11 in the book of Genesis, where the, the people had a mind to, to set their mind on building the Tower of Babel. And what happened? The Lord says, man, if we don't go down there... They're going to do this and they're going to try to build a name for themselves. They had set their mind to it to worship themselves and they were doing pretty good at it, weren't they? So much so that it got the Lord's attention. Could we get the Lord's attention with our corporate praise? Could we get his attention with us right here in this group, this small group, lifting up our voices unto the Lord? Could we get his attention and say... And for him to say, I am well pleased in you. I pray that we could. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Come along with me. Come alongside with me and magnify the Lord. 
To magnify, what does that mean, Sister Martha? She has magnifying glasses, don't you? What does magnify mean? Makes it larger, Makes it larger don't it? Do you think the Lord wants our little bitty praises? Did he little bitty redeem us? Nope. He big time redeemed us. It cost him his very life. And so with that cost comes great praise from us or should come great praise from us. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. What does that say? Let us exalt his name together. Let us raise his name together. I didn't know that we was going to be singing, I exalt thee. I exalt thee, O Lord. Let us exalt his name together. This is that encouragement to corporate praise. Coming together and worshiping the Lord is not some small thing. Coming together and worshiping the Lord is an awesome thing. And we should make every opportunity to do it the best of our ability. Listen to what it says. I love this. I sought the Lord. You ever sought after the Lord? You ever went seeking after the Lord? (laughs) I sought the Lord and he answered me. Imagine that. We don't serve a, a dead idol, do we? He is alive and he is well. He rose from the dead. On the third day, he ascended into glory where he sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf now. He hears us. He sees us. He understands us. And he knows exactly where you're at right now. And I love that point. Listen to what he says. I sought the Lord and he answered me. Not only did he answer me, but he delivered me. How wonderful is that to know that the Lord is not one that just hears, but one that acts. You turn to the 19th chapter of the book of 1 Kings and you see Elijah. And you see the prophets of Baal, 450 of them. They were calling on their false gods. They were jumping on the altar and they had made a mess out of it. They began to cut themselves. Cut themselves. All day they cried out and they cried out and they cried out. They began to grow very desperate. Their God didn't hear them, did he? Elijah begins to mock them and make fun of them because they were worshiping a God they didn't hear. That doesn't make any sense. Why would you worship a God that doesn't hear? Our God hears us, and according to Scripture, He answers us, and then He delivers us. I sought the Lord and He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. You know that fear today paralyzes people? Fear breeds anxiety, doesn't it? Our country probably out of all the world takes more anxiety medication than anybody on this planet. Now I don't know that to be true because I don't know the stats on that, but I would say... If Shirley was here, she could probably tell you how many anxiety medications that she feels 
when she's at work in one day? Fear. Fear is something that enters in and it's, and it's quite the opposite of faith. And we begin to dwell on it. And it breeds about this anxiety that's overwhelming. And then it begins to take our breath from us. And it makes us feel like we don't have it together. Fear. It says, he delivered me from all my fears. It is the Lord who does this. Only him. And we cannot forget to look to him for this. Those who look to him are radiant. And their faces shall never be ashamed. When I see this passage of the scripture, my mind instantly goes to those that were not ashamed of the Lord in the word of God. The first one that I think of is Daniel, where he prayed and he went and he made special time every single day, multiple times a day to go to a certain place and to pray towards the temple. Because he was not ashamed of his Lord. And people took notice of that. They saw that. They saw that he was radiant. They saw that he prayed. And they saw that he lifted up the Lord and praised him. He was arrested for it, wasn't he? And he was thrown in a den of lions. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were the exact same way. They would not bow down to the image of Nebuchadnezzar. They would not bow down. And what does it say according to Scripture? That they was found in the fiery furnace and lo, the fourth one's behold was like the Son of God. They was not ashamed. They were very radiant. Is anybody with me today? Can you hear me? If you can't hear me, you are deaf. Because my voice is loud. I don't need a microphone. This is not a mic. It's just a recorder. Those who look to him are radiant and their faces shall never be ashamed. It even tells us about Stephen. In the book of Acts in chapter 7, as he was preaching the people, they could not contend with him. He was so wise. He confounded them. His face shone. He was radiant before them. And they killed him. Verse Hold on. Verse (laughs) 6. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. Verse 7. Here we are. We have Jesus come into the picture. Listen to what it says. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Not only do we see Christ in the Old Testament, not only do we see him in the Old Testament with the children of Israel. I mean, if you go into Genesis, it's, it's everywhere. You go into Exodus, you see him in the cloud by day and the fire by night. You see him going before them, always providing heat and warmth, but protection as well from the enemies. And the Lord is always with them and camped around about them. But he's not just encamped around about them. He's dwelling in the midst of them. What does that show us about our God? It shows us that He is omnipresent. That He is everywhere. That He's laying with you, Marianne, when you're getting chemotherapy done. That He is with you and He has not left you and He's not going to leave you. That He is with us everywhere we go. Buster, when you're on the tractor, He is with you. 
He doesn't leave us. He encamps around about us. He is in our midst. He is with us today. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. This is a promise. Those that fear the Lord, it teaches us clearly in his word that he encamps around them. I want that type of protection. I want that type of warranty. That promise is one I can stand on. That promise is one I take great hope in because I know that he is true. Let everybody else be a liar. God is true and his word is perfect. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. And then it says, and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know that verse, son? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him, right? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. Who takes refuge in him. This passage of scripture here, when we look at it, tells us that we can taste and that we can see. That we can fully understand what's going on. We can experience it. We can taste it. We can see it. He's real. Blessed or happy. Happy. Are you ever not happy? You ever sad? You ever swole up like a big, big roll of just fat, just. David's too thin for that, but you know what I'm talking about. People swole up, don't they? Casey, when I swole up like that, you know what she does? She just stays away. She's just like, can I talk to you now? Or do you need to come back later? Because I see that you sold up like a big bullfrog. Leave me alone. I'll say, leave me alone. Come back in six hours. I'll be better. Listen to what this says. Happy is the man who takes refuge in him. In who? In the Lord. Happy. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. Do you know that we can have happiness? As the duck man said, happy, happy, happy. We can have that. We can have it now. We can have it here. It doesn't matter at what time you're going through, whether it's in a season of of decision or whether it's in a season of bad health, poor health, good health. Whether you have all the money in the world, that cannot buy you happiness. But what can get you happiness is what? Refuge, taking refuge in God. That can give you happiness. Listen to what it says. Oh, fear the Lord, you, his saints. Sometimes I feel that that we have lost, even in my own life, that we have lost the fear of the Lord. That we've become numb to the wickedness around us. Does anybody ever feel like that? 
to where it's you, you get calloused to what's going on around you and you don't feel it as much anymore. This is what happens as Christians when we get out of God's Word. This is what happens when we don't repent. This is what happens when we don't speak to Him, sing to Him, praise Him. This is what happens. We get desensitized to the sin that's going on around us. This is what happens. And we lose fear. We lose that fear of Him. O fear of the Lord, you as saints. For those who fear Him have no lack. The word is deficient. Or no deficiency. They have no deficiency. You may lack a vitamin deficiency of iron or whatever. But here in this text, it's referring to that inner man and what you need from the Lord. It says, those who fear Him have no lack. They will not be deficient in what they need. They have exactly what they need. Verse 10, the young lions suffer want and hunger. But those who seek the Lord... They lack no good thing. And, and I've said this before, I'll say it again and I'll continue to say it. Our Lord is the good shepherd, he, shepherd and he is, he is over His pasture. We are the sheep of His pasture. And if we belong to Him and we are found in Him and He is our beloved and our beloved is, is Him and, and we have been accepted by Him, you can rest assured this fact right here. Those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. They will have what they need because he is the good shepherd. David speaks from experience here. Moses spoke from experience. He shepherded his father-in-law's sheep that he didn't even own for 40 years in the desert. Why? So the Lord could show him how to shepherd the Lord's sheep in the wilderness for the next 40 years to give them exactly what they needed and exactly what their hearts desired, which was the Lord. Now we know that a lot of stuff came in there and we don't have to get into that, but the Lord here shows us for those who fear Him have no lack, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Verse 11, come, O children, listen to me. This is a call to hear and apply one's heart to what is being said. Perk up. Listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is there who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Then in verse 13, this one right here probably gets all of us. Keep your tongue from evil. Who struggles with that in here? Honestly? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. If this doesn't step on your toes, you need to check your heart. Because the tongue destroys people's lives. It's worse than a gun, man. 
The tongue is worse than a gun by far. It destroys people's lives. Here is a charge. And he says, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. I had a man tell me one time that he learned a long time ago to stay quiet. That man's in here this morning. He said, I learned a long time ago to keep my thoughts to myself. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile or deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. So here we have it from the heart issuing out through the mouth. And here we have it from the heart issuing out through the mouth and also in action through the hands. Turn away from evil and do good. Do good. Let's go back to 13. Anybody struggle with that? <laughs> like I do? Anybody please? Just say amen if you do. Thank you. That's a hard one, man. It really is. Listen to what it says. I'm almost done. I want you to pay attention to this. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Seek peace and pursue it. Do what you can to be at peace with others. While today is the day. I'm not the best at that. I'm a work, I'm a work in progress. I truly am. But we are, the scripture says, to seek peace and to pursue it. In verse 15, this is one that I love as well. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. You may be by yourself and you say, well, Lord, nobody's seeing what I'm doing by myself. Nobody's seeing the righteous act that I've done or... Nobody is around me to know my heart, but the Lord does. And this is one thing I take great comfort in. Because whether people see me do something or not, whether people see me pray for somebody or not, the Lord does. The Lord knows when I submit to Him and flee from evil. The Lord knows when I, by the Spirit of God, hold my tongue and don't say something that I want to say. The Lord knows these things. Listen to what it says. The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. He sees this. And his ears toward. And his ears toward their cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. To cut off the memory of them from the earth. When the righteous cry for help... I mean, time and time again, if he says it once, he says it a thousand times in, in Psalms where he hears us, where he sees us, where he delivers us. Our God is able to do that for all of us today. Able to do all of that. When the righteous cry for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. In verse 18, this is one that is uh, quoted a lot. It's, it's spoken on a lot. It's that he's near, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted. 
and saves the crushed in spirit. Those that are brokenhearted and those whose spirit is crushed. Those who are, have been weakened by whatever, whatever temptation or whatever it may have been. Those that are truly sad. Those that have been brokenhearted. The Lord is near to them. To you. And he saves the crushed in spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. You ever had any afflictions? Those of you that consider to be righteous, do you ever have any afflictions? I do. I consider to be righteous in Christ Jesus. I have all sorts of afflictions. I am an afflicted man. There is no doubt. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I exalt you, Lord Jesus, because you have delivered me out of all of the afflictions that come my way. Past, present, and in the future. Listen to what it says here. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all of his bones, and not one of them is broken. This is a messianic psalm verse about Christ Jesus. This is a prophecy that not one of Christ Jesus' physical bones would be broken, but yet it still applies to us. Because this whole time it's talking about the Lord delivering us, the Lord being with us, the Lord not leaving us, the Lord being around us and hearing us and seeing us and providing for us and protecting us. And so how does this verse apply to us? When it applies to Jesus, well, it applies to Jesus and the fact that not one of his bones were broken. He was perfectly whole when he went to the cross. And because of that, he fulfilled scripture. And because of that, he can redeem us. But how else does it apply to us? It applies to us spiritually. For as saints, we are made whole in Christ Jesus. We are made whole in Christ Jesus. Listen to what it says. He keeps all of his bones and not one of them is broken. When Christ Jesus comes into a person's life and when he sets up his shop in that heart, that person is changed forever. He is changed forever. He is not, uh, he is not some dead person in their trespasses and in their sins. He is made alive and he is made new in Christ. He's made whole. Listen to what it says and I'm done. Afflictions will slay the wicked. Is it right to say praise God on that? <laughs> Afflictions will slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned or they will be judged. The Lord redeems the life of his servants. None of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. This is a promise from the Lord. Albeit conditional, yeah. But it's a promise from the Lord. That those 
that take refuge in him will not be condemned. The scripture teaches us in John chapter 3 and verse 17 and 18 that those that don't believe are what? Are condemned already. Those that trust in the Lord, those that understand who he is and trust in him, all of these things that's in chapter 34 applies to you and it applies to me. These are promises These are promises that we should be able to take home and apply to our life. If you just need to read them, make a point this week to sit down and just read these passages of Scripture. Like I said, the Lord changed what I had in my heart out of Acts 9 to go to this passage of Scripture this morning for you and for me. I know it was for me. I hope and I pray that you're able to receive this passage of Scripture today. Take it in and let it lodge in your heart. Truly lodge in your heart. Let it set up residence there and let it, from the inside out, let it come out and change your life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we come to you right now, Lord, and we thank you for all that you have promised us in your, your word. Lord, so much. Lord, I take just 